0: Lefondra looking to get close side of Fox. Lefondre away from David! 3 1 Reading!
1: Three points Reading.
2: Hello, welcome to Alm Park Rules. Another loss for Reading, making it five in a row for the Rules. Um 4 3 in what was a crazy game at the SCL uh, against Huddersfield. Been joined to discuss this by Matt Lansley. Good morning, Alex. Good morning, Matt. And uh on the other end, Jordan. Jordan, how are we this morning?
0: I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I think my stress levels have just about recovered from yesterday.
2: Yes, yesterday was rather stressful compared to to other recent games, certainly. Um we've came into the game yesterday, Matt, with probably our strongest eleven in what could be argued nearly all season. Um some of the questions that we we had during the week were answered Lucas shall started we played two up front uh rahman was back Yeardon was back you've got to be pretty happy with the starting 11 right
1: starting 11 when you saw it it was brilliant you know fullbacks back to strength, you know, we actually had some some options on the bench as well. Um, I remember we were talking about it before the game and when I was walking to the stadium, I was actually quite excited. Um, I was excited to see the prospect of Zhao and Puskas up top. I know we probably say it every time that they play, but how often have we actually seen the two of them play up top together? It was, you know, it was refreshing to see, refreshing to see a change of Paunovic's system, which has always just been one up top, three... Um, Four, two, three, one. It was it was just good to see, and then and then the bench. You kind of started to think, right? Is now kind of when when we can judge Paunovic from you know, or is 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 this going to be a game to judge Paunovic? Um Yeah, you, you couldn't really ask for a huge amount more. Obviously, we've still you know, we've still got players out injured to come back, but um, you know, in the in the situation, you, you could only be be pretty happy and relieved seeing that.
2: And uh, Jordan, uh, I mean, I saw the team and thought, yeah, we're going to be playing 4-4-2 with a narrow diamond here. Um, but they didn't line up like that at the start of the game. And the first 10 or for, probably first 10 minutes or so until Huddersfield, definitely until Huddersfield got their goal. And maybe until they got their second. I'm not entirely sure. Um, we were playing like a 5 2 with Lauren playing at the back.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and... It was, it was interesting. I, I didn't see it coming as well. I thought it was a diamond. But in, in hindsight, I think it probably, um, you know, makes a bit more sense because I think we've, we've seen this before with Pano where sometimes when we play teams that, that tend to play a back three, we usually match them up. And Huddersfield played a back three and did very well with it in um, in the away game early this season. So I suspect that that was initially about not so much matching them up, but, we, yeah, we tend to defend with a back three when we play a back three sometimes. And then, um, you know, as you say, like 20 minutes in or whatever, it switched and we moved Lauren into midfield, moved to that diamond, Um, you know, because they were causing issues and they weren't playing a back three yesterday. Um, And we sort of had to adjust to that. Um, And I think, you know, obviously, I think it was 2-1 or something like that, maybe 2-2 when that change happened. so you can't give him too much credit, but like credit to him for, for spotting the issues that were being caused for changing it credit to the players for adjusting to that. Cause it's not easy change of formation mid game, especially like a big disruption, like moving from a back four to a, a, a back three to a back four. Um, and you know, that, that changes everything. That changes the way our fullbacks engage that changes the way that our midfielders cover. So, um, you know, even though there were some dodgy spells in that first half, both when we were set in the in you know the wrong inverted commas um, formation, and then when we were transitioning to the new one, there was a few dodgy moments there, which I think is natural. I think you've got to give the credit to to the players, to pounder spot um, for spotting it, and you know to the players for for being able to adapt in a game um, to a to a new setup and a new way of playing, and and encouragingly at least, score goals in both of those formations, right? You know, there were good attacking signs when we were in the back five and when we when we switched to the 442.
2: Certainly we looked better going forwards yesterday than we have for for quite a while. Um it only took us five minutes, Matt, to get the opener. Um Baba Ram coming back into the team provides the the pass forwards to George Puskas, who holds the ball up probably better than we've seen him hold the ball up at any point when he's played up front on his own. Um, lay it back to Baba Rahman, who plays Lucas Jao through.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very, very well-worked goal. You know, and to have it so early on in the game, you were just thinking, perfect. This, this, this is what, what we wanted. And seeing Jao back in the goals straight away, you know, it almost seemed too perfect, didn't it? But I mean... The play from Raman's brilliant. Little one-two with with, with Puskas Puskus holding it up, chopping it back in very nicely. And then just a perfect perfect pass, perfect run from Zhao to um uh from Raman to Zhao to, to finish off. And it was just a, a, a trademark Zhao finish, wasn't it? You know, and like I say, it just almost seemed too perfect to get a goal so quickly. Zhao back in the goals. Zhao, I think, ran over to to celebrate with Paunovic as well, which was was obviously an interesting one you always think you always notice that when a, when a manager's under pressure um but yeah it was just 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 great great play all round, and just hopefully Zhao, Zhao can stay fixed you do wonder what Zhao could do if he could stay fit you know I, like i think we discussed it yesterday like i just think if he was fit he'd be in the premier league wouldn't he but just please stay fit for the rest of the season because that's what he can do and obviously the impact he had on the rest of the game was quite incredible really
2: yeah we, we definitely looked better with him up front and as you say I think it's uh there's, there's probably quite a lot of pressure on his shoulders now for the rest of the season really isn't there because Absolutely. Reading are really going to rely on his goals now um it didn't take Huddersfield like just to point out this podcast is really going to focus majority majority that's the terrible word it's going to focus generally on the goals yesterday because there were so many of them um, and we've only got a limited time, so we'll go straight into the second goal because it only happens about three minutes after Jordan Huddersfield equalise. Um, we were discussing it just before we started, and I hate to, I hate to use this because it just it sounds like an excuse, but Redding's luck is just abysmal. Sometimes <laughs> it's just terrible.
0: Yeah, completely. Like um, I'm sure like, different fans would view the goals and the defending yesterday different ways, and that's completely fair. Um, And by no means did we defend well yesterday and just got unlucky. Definitely not. But I couldn't help but, like, watch the goals go in yesterday and just think, this just isn't fair. (laughs) Like, the team were actually, like, showing a bit of attacking intent and doing doing fairly well. You know, the fans were were great yesterday and a good voice. And then Huddersfield's, I think, first real chance, or not even chance, first real like attack. It felt like obviously we'd scored from our first attack. They come down the other end, Um, and you can always pick holes in goals whether the the manager got closed down a bit more, whether you know the drink water mid was out of position or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's a shot from distance that's flicked off a heel and and nestled inside the net, inside the post rather than outside the post. and it just felt it just felt very, like, very redding this season in terms of, like, we've done plenty of shooting ourselves in the foot, no doubt about it. But also, I don't know, I, I was saying at halftime, like, we must have been smashing mirrors in preseason because we just cannot catch a break at this point. Like, you go 1-0 up, everybody's behind the team. You've got Jao back and he's scoring. You've got this new uh, formation with two up top. Everything's looking pretty positive. And you just want that shot to you know the the fates to to push it the other side of the post we survive that and then we crack on but no as soon as we have that one nil lead we're dragged back down and it kind of felt the whole match was like i won't get ahead of myself but it felt like the whole match was like every time there was like a bit of like encouragement it was like nope you don't deserve that drag you back down to, to you know what you've had all season um, I just I felt I felt quite sorry for us fans and also just the the players as well with some of the goals that went in yesterday.
1: I think that 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 first goal did kind of set a precedent though for just how almost unorganized the midfield was because when you watch it back, Drinkwater is nowhere to be seen. Rinnamot is almost having to cover mm-hmm. you know three midfielders in the midfield, which was a, a trademark of the whole game. But Huddersfield always seemed to have you know one two extra people in that midfield, and Drinkwater's just. Just, oh, just jogging back, essentially, it, it's 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 very poor from him. But just the organisation of 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 the team, you watch it, you watch it back, and it's it's dreadful. You know, Holmes then has to push out of his out of his position in the back three to to close down, and I think it comes off Morrison in the end, doesn't it?
2: I mean, let's discuss Danny Drinkwater very briefly um, because he got a lot of stick after the game online. Um, I mean, I, I said it last week on the podcast, I can't really see what he, what he offers. And I think yesterday, again, the game passed him by, didn't it, Matt? He didn't yeah. really, he he was never involved. Even if, like, putting aside the fact that, yes, he wasn't involved in, like, he wasn't in the right position for the goal, the game passes him by. He He's not offering
1: anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which is a real shame because you know we saw glimpses at the um, at the well, um, at the start of his time here when he came in of, of how good he can be. You know the the run of games against Fulham, um, Borough, You know, yes, it's it's easy to say he did well in those games when we won those games, but he was genuinely changing the game. He was running the game at times in 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 those performances. And and right now, I don't know if it's just fatigue because he's probably been one of the few players that's played most of the games that we've. That, that we've had you know and we know he hasn't played much football so I don't know whether or not it's fatigue and that's playing a part but he's just not he's not doing anything like you say that that that's the most frustrating thing he's not affecting the game and in, in effect he's almost letting us play with 10 men because because he's just not not doing anything he's not where he should be
2: <laughs> the, the quote I heard yesterday was it was worse than playing with 10 men because he gives up chances
1: yeah, it's it's, it's it's exactly that, you know, like um, he did get better in the second half, mind. But the first half yesterday was as bad as as bad as I, I think we or probably anyone seen him play. It was it was dismal. Like, and you've got to start making the making the case. Like, like how much does he have to do to almost not not start the team? I'd, I'd, I'd it'd probably do him a benefit of getting out of the team because if it is fatigue, he needs to have a rest at some point but you know you've got Deli Bashir on the bench you can play that centre mid role you've got Laurent as well who can play next to you can play next to Reno um so, something's got to happen there i think because it, it's it's just not doing us any favour uh, any favours just continually
0: starting them at the moment yeah i um, it's it's bizarre like i think we used to you know all players at every level but especially like when you step oh, down from the premier league and you get into the championship you seem to get like big peaks and troughs in terms of players like strengths and weaknesses, right? Like there's no perfect player in the championship because if they were, they would be in the championship, et cetera. But like, so we're used to finding combinations of players that like cover people's weaknesses and highlight their strengths and stuff like that. And we spent all last season, like loving the Reno Lauren pairing that charged around, but then couldn't really pass forward and stuff like that. We're used to dealing with these sorts of things. And, like, so, like, I could deal with Danny Drinkwater being out of position, but kind of being slow to every ball and not really being able to break up play and stuff like that if he was pinging balls around and he was, like, helping organise the defence and he was, like, piercing balls through into, into like, further into midfield or into strikers and stuff. Um, but but he's not. And then, like, like you both said, like, then you go, why is he playing? Because, like, he gave the ball away a ton. And um, I don't really know what the issue is. I think i don't want to get into like psychology stuff because i think we all guess too much on that but like um he looks to me like a player that needs to simplify his game like he's playing way too much his entire time with us right every other pass is like a first time pass right and like when they come off brilliant they increase the speed of play they look great they move us forward and he played some nice ones yesterday but he also like put like four or five into touch you know what i mean like um in my mind, he's a guy that just needs to kind of simplify things. And, like, is a guy of his age, who's on loan from Chelsea, has won the Premier League, is that a guy that's going to listen to anybody say, hey, Danny, just keep it simple for a little bit? Like, probably not. Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know how he solves his own problems, but I don't really see um, how he can sort of stay in the team once we sort of, again, get a few more guys back He's played a hell of a lot of football this season, more than he has in a while. But, you know, I, I think it's a real stretch to, to like, make a case for him to stay in the team when you got guys like Deli bashir coming back and, and, and on the bench ready to play and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him.
2: Yeah, and I don't even necessarily think it's that Deli Bashir has played that well in recent months either. Though. And no. That's kind of the that's kind of where we're at. It, it, we're replacing one player who's not playing very well with another player who's not necessarily played that well. But I think it's kind of, it's at the time now where we probably need to make a change because we're not really seeing any any effect on the game from, from drink water at all. And the second goal, second goal comes for Huddersfield after 15 minutes. Um, Danny Ward getting his first of the game, first of his hat-trick actually. And this one, Jordan, comes from just its desperation defending. It was the the goal. I mean, the defending between I don't know kickoff and probably half an hour was just desperate from Reading. Every time the ball came near the box, it was mm-hmm. a case of like throw throw med at it. And I think Matt sent me a stat last night, and it, I think Huddersfield had had sixteen shots by half an hour in, and nine of them had been blocked.
0: Yeah, I'll be honest, that stat really um, surprised me when I looked at half-time because it felt like, you know, you read that and they obviously did have a hell of a lot of shots. There's no doubt about that. Um, But I felt like when we came at half-time, that yes, they did carve us open a bit, but it also felt like they scored from like their only three chances. I I, I need to go back and see all those shots. I'm sure lots were part of the same moves and like you say, lots were blocked and stuff. Um, There was definitely disorganisation. What I will say is that this is now twice this season where Huddersfield have, have, have actually really impressed me. Um, and they look, they do look very well coached. Like they don't have the greatest players in the division. You look at their squad and it, it really isn't anything to stand out, but what they clearly do have partly through coaching, partly through some, some clever players is they really know when to go and exploit like weaknesses and space and stuff. And we saw that in both games where, you know, they spot areas to go hurt us, and they move the ball there. Really intelligently, um, which is something that, that Reading haven't done for you know, well before Pauno we done in in ages. I've never really seen a team, a Reading team, exploit specific weaknesses in, in a long, long time. But so they they move the ball into areas that hurt us. That's exactly what they did here. They got in behind our wing backs. I think it was Karoma, um, You know, spins his man or Sinani spins his man, plays a lovely ball over to Coroma, who's running straight at our defence. We get a block in. It spills. We get another block in. It skews off and lands straight at the striker's feet. And, you know, watching this goal back and even at the time, like Josh Lawrence is going to catch a lot of flack for this goal. I, I get that. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it personally because, you know, you go watch it back. We block the first shot. The second one's coming. He's followed his man deep. Ward has then moved back. But Lawrence fallen back to get on the line. And if he, if that ball misses Southwood and he blocks it on the line, they were all praising Josh Laurent for like brilliant defending, really smart defending for getting on the line. But instead it, it spins up, lands at the feet of, uh, of, uh, of Ward. And, um, you know, South has got no chance with it. And I don't know, the, again, like these are the fine margins. I can't help but feel like if, if that was Redding's attack, that ball spins out of play rather rather than spins towards feet. Like we can't, uh, you know, we can't guess on this stuff too much, obviously. And um, but, yeah, again, like it's another one where there's obviously issues in the defence, but also does feel like, um, y- you know, things just feel like they're going against our way. You make your own luck, but it feels like stuff it just isn't isn't landing for us at all.
2: And yeah.
0: On, Matt. One,
1: one, one thing on the Laurent case, though, like I think if Laurent had actually gone and stayed on the line, he he probably actually stop stops that goal. The problem with what Laurent does, he doesn't go to the line, he doesn't stay on his man. He's just in no man's land, um, and and, that, and that's happened quite a few times when when, when we've been defending. Um, we saw it at Borough a few weeks ago with defenders just not going, um, not not standing off, not going to, um, and it and it happens again. You know, so what Laurent does in effect is he keeps Ward on side because otherwise, if Ward's with his man, he could be playing him offside. And he's not on the line because if he's on the line, he probably also stops the goal because it goes into the corner. Um, you know, so it's it's that that's part of the problem I think with Laurent for that goal. It's 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 tough to blame Laurent for that because again, the organisation leading up to the goal is is just dreadful. I mean, the midfield's non-existence. So your wingbacks are, are are so high up. George Puskas is actually um, the, 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 the the player that's almost closest to the defensive line um, on on defending. Which brilliant! I love seeing George. Run around like that, but he's not the person that you want. Tracking back in that position, um, so it, it, it's, it's just another goal where, just organisationally it's just all over the place. Um, yes, there's a huge amount of luck there for Huddersfield, and like you say, when games are going against you, you seemingly concede goals like that, which is just not fair, you know. <laughs> um, but but yeah,
0: one thing I will say, and and I won't drag out too much because it's moving away from the maps, but like. This kind of does when people go and watch this game and you see that goal, right? Specifically that goal, but a couple of times in those first like 20, 30 minutes or whatever, like that kind of makes sense why we approached the last game the way we did, right? Because the wing backs, obviously wing backs versus fullbacks are different. I get that. But you've got the, both wing backs getting caught really high up the pitch and Huddersfield spinning in behind in those gaps between the wing-backs and the centre-backs, right? Like, now it makes sense why, especially with the weaker full-backs we had in the last game, why we were sitting them a bit deeper, why we're trying to protect them, because, you know, those are gaps that can be exploited, and we are not a team that, like, covers those spaces all too well. You know what I mean? You've got Lauren pulling out into, you know, Lawrence. Out of position, playing centre back, right, filling into that that space. Homes, um, you know, didn't have a, an amazing game by any stretch, but like also is not a centre back that, despite having played a bit of right back, that really wants to go get dragged out to like wide spaces either, right? So, you know, I think these are these. This is like the toss up at the moment. You know, do you try and keep the games tight and try and keep them? Um, nil-nil for as long as possible and try and nick something that we tried on, on you know Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it was, um, and didn't manage? Or do you open up a bit, go a bit more attacking, but then you have to deal with the fact that by being a bit more open and a bit more attacking, you're going to concede. And this team, unfortunately, at the moment, it takes so little, whether it's through bad defending or bad luck or whatever, all of the above, it really doesn't take many chances for this team to concede a lot of goals um so i I get that there's a real dilemma there for pauno
2: we're becoming newcastle of the mid 90s here Um, (laughs) we're gonna try and score one more than you but not necessarily uh we did equalize pretty quickly afterwards matt because um george puskas scored his first league goal for Reading in almost two years uh a decent pass from, or well, a decent move actually, Laurent through to Swift on the halfway line, and then Swift laying off, um, laying off George Puskas, who was calling for the ball for about thirty yards by the time he actually received it. Um and, and not, not a bad finish by Puskas to to equalise.
1: No, and I think Puskas does a lot, a lot very, very well in that goal because he could have easily drifted offside. You know, with the amount of time he waited there, because like you said, he was waiting for an age for that ball to come. Um, I, I I don't know why he took so swift to get um or swift so long to get him the ball, but he does very well to keep keep himself onside. He's just onside. You can see you can see it on the replay. Um, great touch, fantastic finish as well. Just slots it, slots it in the far corner. Not doesn't doesn't need too much power. Just the placement is is just all there, and it's kind of. It's 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 what we've wanted to see for Piscus, isn't it, for so long? Just playing playing off the final man, drift drifting back off him, giving him that space. Um and the ball from Swift is inch perfect as well, lets him run into it. I think it's probably I don't think Swift did a lot in that first half. I know kind of at half time we had that conversation, didn't we? Um about um about about Swift's performance. I I didn't actually realise that he got either either assists for uh, goal two and three. Um but I mean, he did. He did what he needed to do there, and um, yeah, I don't think anyone, certainly around me, believed it was Puskas who scored. We were kind of like, that wasn't Puskas, was it? Not George Puskas, surely not. <laughs> um, but no, it's great to see him back on the score sheet. You know, I think Palno was very complimentary of him post game as well, um, saying, I guess what what any manager would say after you know your striker scored his first league goal in in a few years, you know, but. I know we. I, I think we always say this when Puskas scores, don't we? Let's just hope he kicks on from here. I don't know. Is it too late to say that?
2: <laughs> um, I'm, not, but... I'm Not sure, but he did, <laughs> he, did have a, he did have a good game yesterday overall. Hitting. I think um, hmm. you know he he did put himself about a lot yesterday, Jordan. And it's, it, it would be very. I think it would be unfair to, to really criticise him yesterday, particularly because it, it was one of his. Like, it was, it's a horrible thing to say. It's one of his better games, but it, he did play well.
0: Yeah, and look, we're all we've all sort of been burned by George Puskus in the past. You know, I've come on this podcast and praised him plenty and, and had big hopes for him before. Um, so you know, let's we won't overreact, but you know, it is kind of what a lot of us have been saying for a long time in terms of um, you know, there's a way, there's a way to play with and to George Puskus, and there's a way not to. And we've not been playing to him for an awful long time, right? And I'm not personally convinced that the only way to play with George Swanson is to play two up top. But I think the easiest way to get him to do the things you want him to do and to get him away from situations where aren't his strengths is to play him in a two, right? Like, he really enjoyed not being the focal point. Like, half the game, you know, Zhao would stay... You know, Zhao pulled wide at, at, at times too, definitely. But, like, Zhao would be the main guy in the middle. And Puskas would just be, like, staying wide, trying to hide, trying to, like, find little angles to run in behind. And, like, when he did have to hold it up, he did it. And he did it fairly well, generally. We know it's not a huge strength of his, but particularly after his goal, he definitely held up really well. We know he runs channels. We know, like, he generally does work hard in certain situations. Um, And I think if if you just get Puskas running channels, running, like, lines all game long and you actually thankfully Swifty like play them in occasionally like you I don't I think we're beyond the point where like George Puss is going to be some huge championship hit right but you should want to play into your player's strengths right and if you if you just let him run channels you just let him make runs in behind all game long and you pick out a few of those runs the chances of him scoring are just exponentially higher than than trying to make him zhao, you know what I mean? Um, And it, it's as simple as that in, in my mind, like you, you've got to we've got him here, we need to score goals, let's do what we can to put him in the right position to go and do that, and he did it brilliantly yesterday, that is the classic Puskas goal that I have in my mind, he hasn't scored them too much, because we haven't really been in those situations too much. But, you know, you feed him that ball, you know, a couple of times a game and your chances of him scoring are way higher than if you're, like, trying to get him to, like, be, you know, be a target man or be some focal point.
2: Yeah, he's, he's not Lucas and he never will be, playing up front on his own in the centre. Yeah. But if you can get him to run on to, to chances, then at least you're giving him the opportunity to score, which is, you know, by much it's much more than we've been doing a lot of games this season. Um, Unfortunately, Matt, we were not at 2-2 for very long. Uh, Luke Southwood, let's just discuss Luke Southwood. Jordan said it months ago on this podcast that we were going to have to accept that Luke Southwood was going to make mistakes this season. Um, And yesterday was probably the worst one we've seen, I think, so far.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, I I know some some people claiming claiming it was a foul on Luke Southwood, I can kind of see why some people are trying to say it because the the Huddersfield player, he does kind of back into Southwood's left-hand side. But in all honesty, in my opinion, incidents like that shouldn't be fouls. You could probably be aggrieved because you probably see 75% of them given as fouls and that's probably why it's frustrating. But in my opinion, it's not a foul. It's going to split opinions, this one. Um, and you'll probably see an opinion split straight down the middle. But one of the biggest things with Southwood that I've actually started to notice, and it's probably why he's getting himself in these problems on crosses, every single time a cross comes in, he's trying to catch the ball. I'm not even sure if I've actually seen him punch the ball at all, which in a position like that, when, when you've got a crowded... Box around you, just punch it. It's too risky just to go up and catch it. now I'm not a goalkeeper coach, and you know, we haven't got um, Matt Matt Williamson on the podcast, unfortunately, who's the uh, goalkeeping uh, uh, connoisseur. I think it's, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but in in that situation and a lot of situations that Southwood has been in this season, he should just be punching it. And maybe it's something he'll learn with experience. We can hope, um, but. When you've got two, three people, if you're including, um, I think it was Holmes that that, that was sandwiched between two of the two of the town players. You, you've just got to be punching it. It's 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 just not one which you're going to be coming. Well, you you're risking, like, like, like I say, you're risking running into a player and then falling onto the ball and spilling it like he did. If you come up and catch it, Um, which I think he just needs to learn to do more because you know he's not the biggest keeper. He's not the most dominant keeper that that that, that you'll see. You know, he's not quite. Ami Martinez when he was here, when he was as imperious as he was, you know, in goal, catching crosses and what have you. He just really needs to work on that decision-making, I think, because otherwise you know, it, it's not going to be the last time we see a mistake like that, I think, from Southwood.
2: Yeah. Um, I think it's probably fair to say that Southwood's form has dipped in the last four or five weeks. He's still a good shot-stopper, yes, but the mistakes are what are costing us in. I can't remember who it was, but somebody came on the podcast a few weeks ago and said that the difference between the two of them was that Southwood is making mistakes at 0-0 and 1-1 and one—you know when we were winning 1-0, whereas Raphael was making mistakes at 3-0 to the opposition and actually they didn't matter as much. Um, and it wasn't costing us points. Well, yesterday might not have cost us points, but ultimately when you're two, at 2-2, um, it's a terrible time to, to give away that kind of Give away especially
1: kind of with how the game was going with the game was going, you know, with the pressure that, that, that town were bringing, um, you know, again, you've just brought, you, you, you've already, well, you've taken the lead and you've already gone behind. You've just come back from going behind as well. It, it's, it's just, you can't be making mistakes like that to, to, to give away a third goal in 30 minutes, you know, or 25, I think it was even, you know, it, it's, it's just, you, you're, you're almost handing opposition, just, gifts you know which is just a hallmark of this team at the moment you know we're just handing goals we're handing opportunities to the opposition that's just the most most frustrating thing but I would be interested to hear what your what both your opinions are kind of on the was it a foul is it a foul should it be a foul kind of debate on Southwood because like I say I like I can see why people would be aggrieved by it. I don't no, think it should be. I think
2: he's. I think he's. I think he's fallen to the floor and he's dropped it. I can't see how it's a foul at all.
0: I'm in the sort of you usually see them given bucket, yes. and that's I like. We've talked a fair bit about Sadler, so I will not for it for too long. But like, I think I'm okay with him catching because majority of the time they do get given, even when he does drop it. So like most of the time, like they you, you do get away with it. Terrible time not to get away with it yesterday. Um, but also, like you know, what we don't see is um, all of like the headed chances that like Raph would have conceded by not coming. So I think you know it, it's it's a real you know there's there's like I said before right he's going to drop one eventually and he has obviously now but like I think it's still in my mind at least massively outweighs like the positives outweigh the negatives so with him coming to get it and um, I think I don't think. Having watched the comments, I don't think he was fouled enough, but equally, it feels like you usually see them given. So it, it's just one of those ones where, again, like it's not unlucky, but it kind of is unlucky. And it just like it, it, the timing of it was like just shitty. And like, you know, it's, it's just Reading it's, SC it's, at the moment, isn't it? it, it exactly.
2: <laughs> we did actually get a little bit of luck just before half time, though, Jordan, with the third goal. Um, and this one kind of made up for the deflection. That Huddersfield had early on because we equalised on pretty much the stroke of half time with Michael Morrison
0: goal. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know how Morrow hasn't just like smashed it in. To be honest, to be honest, like the flight's good, he's running on it, he looks like he's making clean contact, and he just like I don't know, like skims off his forehead or whatever, and, and ends up trickling in. The timing on it was brilliant. I think I, I would have been absolutely gutted to go in it at, at three two down having fought really hard and having you know played quite well in patches certainly going forward um and with everything feeling like it was going against us and you know the ref and everything so to go in 3-3 was um was yeah was 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 really good and we obviously did get a little bit of luck as it spilled in but um i felt at least that we would we do a little bit of that for sure
2: yeah um Thankfully, we did manage to get about four half time because it did feel like, I guess, that the fans were on side by that point. Um, once we were at three three, uh, we'll, we'll touch on mm-hmm. kind of, the, I guess, the atmosphere around the ground yesterday. It felt during the game, at least, it felt very positive. Um, pre-game, there was a banner in, in eighteen seventy-one. Um, honestly, I can't remember the exact wording of it. Uh, there was a banner; it was d- displayed before kickoff. Um, Matt, you'll have to fill in the blanks because I cannot remember the wording of it at all. Um, and I know you were over there.
1: Yeah, it was no no desire, no drive, no direction.
2: So yeah, there was a banner displayed in 1871 yesterday saying that um, aimed at pretty much everybody at the club, um, from what I can tell and, and have read online. Um, I'm not going to get too into the details of it right now because... Frankly, it's it's just my opinion, and it's really not going to be that much of a big deal. Um, and in reality, it's going to take a, a lot more people's uh, opinions to to really form any kind of solid group. Think I would imagine. Um, but Jordan, if you want to throw anything out there, feel free. Yeah, to. yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, one one thing I, I I liked about it um, was that um, you know how it was compartmentalized, right? So like, obviously. There's a lot of fans that are really unhappy at the moment, unhappy with lots of things, the team, Pano, the owners, Kia, you know, there's plenty to go around in terms of things to be frustrated at with the club at the moment. But um, what I thought was great was that, you know, whatever you think about the banner, um, and I'm not even sure I know what I think about the banner, um, it was done pre-match, the statement was made, it was done and then it came down and then the support was brilliant. Right. Like it, I don't know whether it was because of the banner or just a coincidence or whatever, but I thought like the the um the fan reaction, the excitement and the build-up to that game, like five minutes before kickoff, just as we were kicking off, was, was brilliant. Best I've seen in 1871 in a little while, certainly given the fact that we're in such a horrible run. So and that's what I want to see. I wanna see you know, if statements want to be made, make them, but make them at like, you know, what I would think of like the right time. Right. But during the game, especially whilst scores are level, whilst we're still in the game, you know, back the boys and make some noise. You know what I mean? Like, let's let's really get behind them. You know what I mean? So, like, I I like that bit. I like that it was we're here. We have something we want to say. We've said it. Now we're going to take it down. We're going to, um you know, really get behind the boys. And I thought the, the atmosphere was really good yesterday for like the vast vast majority of the game i thought it was really really solid um which is great to see which is what i want to see when i come to a game um you know i want to see us get behind get behind the players because i think we've got a role to play for sure
2: yeah i do think you're you're right the atmosphere yesterday was it was good It it was a kind of very i guess positive atmosphere for the vast majority of the game people did get behind the team um I guess I guess offer an opinion out there. I feel like there's probably going to be more more statements and more protests made by various people, various groups, who are unhappy. Um, which is totally fair enough. Um, it's it's mm-hmm. kind of at that point where you know people want people want their voice to be heard, and I guess at the minute it doesn't necessarily feel like the club are necessarily answering to them. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's more protests at the Coventry game in a couple of weeks' time. Um, whether there's anything get away games, we'll wait and see. I'm not sure. But um, certainly at the commentary game, it wouldn't surprise me if there's any kind of protests. And, you know, fair play to anybody who wants to because it's it's kind of clear that the club haven't necessarily listened to everybody um, or anybody and and their concerns. So we'll have to wait and see kind of what how it plays out, I guess, at the moment. Second half... Um, compared to the first half, it was almost a none event. Uh, but we did concede fairly early on 53 minutes. Danny Ward scored his hat trick. And Jordan, we were saying before this started that you're never going to see Danny Ward strike a football as good as that in his life again, are you? Let's be honest.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's the running theme of this match, right? Like, you can't, you have to acknowledge the players' involvement, whether it's our bad defending, whether it's an absolute. Wonder strike from Danny Ward. Brilliant goal. But, like, I can't help, but I was just, like, laughing. When it went in, I was just, like, chuckling away in the stands. I was like, what is this game? Like, we've fought back twice. You know, we're showing all this grit, this fight, this, this passion. Um, we're not laying down. But every time we sort of think we've got our head above water and we're starting to, like, move forward, you've just got another wave crashing against us. And whether it's a deflection or it's, Danny Ward hitting an absolute like this goal is so so good. Yes, there are bad points, right? Like some the 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 whole shenanigans around the free kick. You know, I don't want to get into. And then the long ball comes up, and like home should do better with the header, and we should pick up the runners, and definitely. But like the ball's laid off, and it's literally bumping and bouncing along, and he struck it on the vol on the half volley. And like South doesn't have an abs doesn't have a prayer with it. And I just like, I was just like, I just couldn't believe it because um, you know, it felt like we'd had a month worth of like things going against us in the space of like 60 odd minutes at this point. And I like y- you can't take away anything from, from Danny Ward, he's he's got a great handshake. I thought he played really well, and he's hit an unbelievable shot. But I just couldn't believe that th- that goal went in that way at that time um because again it just felt it felt unfair more so to me it just felt unfair to like me sat in the sand being like come on like the boys are are actually like giving us something here and even when we do all the things that like we as fans want them to do right we want them to go forward we want them to have that fight you know show us what like everybody's been saying on twitter that that hasn't been there and they want to see and even when we do we just get like sucker punched by like an unbelievable goal and fair play to to, to war for hitting it it's a brilliant strike
2: it is a brilliant strike um unfortunately as you say southwood doesn't really have a prayer with it um and we're four three down and to be honest at four three down with 35 minutes to go i think it was I, I genuinely i thought we would get back into it um and i the rest of the second half, Huddersfield sat back. I I could count on one hand the number of times that Huddersfield left their half in the second half um, because Reading pretty much just pressured and threw anything at them that they could. Um, we can touch on Matt. I know there's a couple of chances. And we'll, we'll come to them very briefly. But we can just touch on the referee yesterday because there was this point in the second half where... I, I'm honestly, I'm still quite shocked that we didn't get a penalty here. There's a cross, I think it's a cross, might be a corner, um, which comes over, and Michael Morrison goes up for a header. And I've don't, it's very rare that you see a goalkeeper come out and quite literally punch through a player. Yeah, um, <laughs> and I'm amazed that Michael Morrison, a, wasn't knocked out, firstly, um, and b, wasn't given a penalty. Uh, just, I'm stunned, and how we didn't get a penalty the entire game because there was multiple incidents. There was a handball. There was a
1: handball. I mean, there were multiple handballs as well, yes. not just in the penalty box. Oh, how 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 long are we giving this uh, referee segment? Because I fear there's way too many to to start <laughs> to uh, start contemplating. I mean, we talked about we we didn't actually touch upon it on some of the goals earlier either on the lead up to them because the second goal no. Uh, the second was it, goal, the, third, the goal.
2: Second third goal, the third goal. I'm fairly certain the ball was already out of play. The ball, the ball, was, was, sitting, yeah, but.
1: The ball was out when Sauber Thomas went down. The ball, the ball was about a yard out, and Sauber Thomas doesn't get fouled. He like he, he, he doesn't get fouled at all, and the ref has given given a free kick for that. So I, 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 that that was one. There was multiple handballs in the first half. One was in the. Uh, was it? Was it? Uh, actually no 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 i think the handballs mostly came in the second half didn't they when it was just blatant bounce up onto the hand oh i just it, there's like we've seen some bad refs at the medeski some terrible refs but also it was also the linesman as well because the linesman especially in that second half because there was that time when puskus does brilliantly to actually run run the channel win a um, win a corner and i mean i mean the like 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 he doesn't there is zero contact there's zero contact the player's gone to gone gone to clear the ball out he's 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 gone down like on his knees because he's he's swung his leg at it to stop Puskas from getting there and and he's given a foul for that how it took him about five seconds to give that as well it was ridiculous I mean the whole game was just it it, it, like we have touched on it quite a bit this 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 podcast about the luck but when, when your luck's against you with some of the things that the opposition was doing, the luck they were getting, the bounces they were getting, the goals they were scoring, the ward goal and everything, you know, you think, what is our luck? But when you've got an officiating crew like that as well, man. I mean, it's like 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 John said earlier, it's like we we'll talk about some of the goals that Huddersfield scored, the ward hat trick goal at the end, not being fair. I mean just compile that on top with, with the ref refereeing crew. It was it was shambolic. I mean it 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 it'd be I'd almost feel sorry if, if the EFL put that crew down to League Two for the next game because nobody deserves to be ref by that by, by that shambles. It was utterly disgusting.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's difficult because I, yesterday I posted before the game, you know, no excuses ready, you've got to get it done today. <laughs> and And then you get a referee, which is clearly just... Just encompassing.
1: Well. It, does affect,
2: it does affect the game. It does affect it the game. Does. However, people want to, to you know, say uh, you know you've got all the time in the world to score the goal anyway. It does affect the game. If you've got a referee who's not going to give you, not going to give you the big decisions and even small decisions. I mean, Zhao went over, got pulled over a lot, and I don't think he. I'm not sure he won a foul all game. Whereas Sauber Thomas went over nearly every time someone touched him and got a free kick. It um, was so being sold
1: every time the ref on 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 that one and multiple times. I mean, it was just like, and yeah, we we, we, we barely touched upon the Morrison penalty, but that 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 was as stonewall as you can as you can get. I, I haven't
2: seen a replay of the Morrison penalty. and I really would like to because I'm fairly certain <laughs> the goalkeeper puts his hand. Essentially, he put punches through him, mm. um, and I'm, I'm surprised. I'm, I just we I had was, to get yeah, treated after it, day, didn't he, Morrison? Shots yes. that it wasn't a penalty. We won't carry on with the ref too much because
1: it feels like we could just be here all day. And I think Jordan um, might explode as well with uh, some of his reactions.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you summed it up well. Um, and it just—it it felt a shame because, like, we really did push in that second half. Like, like we we created a fair few little opportunities. You know, the Puskas one from the back post that was tricky. You had the great one from from Lauren that he just spilled wide. You had one from Rinomoti Had you know, two or three shots from from Swifty from range. And, like, you know, without getting to like, the whole, like, XG conversation, like, you feel like we did enough in that second half to go get that fourth. Um, And, um, you know, ultimately, you know, the guy's got to put the ball in the back of the net. There's, you know, there's nothing else for it. It's not like the keeper pulled off wonder saves. We, unfortunately, didn't get enough on target. But, you know, I can't... I find it really tricky to come away from that, game and be really disappointed because we did everything that we've we've been wanting the team to do and, and you know, sometimes it, stuff just doesn't fall your way and, you know, I can't have too many complaints about the way we went after them in that second half. It's not like, and we've seen this game before, it's not like we had all the ball but didn't, ha- didn't do anything with it. We actually worked situations fairly well, got balls into the box, caused them issues by the last 15 minutes when we ran out of steam a little bit. Some of the changes maybe didn't quite have the impact they were hoping for, and and you know they really did, you know, shut up shop quite well those last fifteen. For a lot of that second half, we really pushed them, and I think we're probably quite good value for for getting that goal and and being four four, and then you know seeing what happened. Um, so it sucks it sucks to come away without anything from it, but I, I feel like I can't be too disheartened with the the way we went at them in
1: in that second half i think the most disappointing thing um and me and alex had quite a long exchange yesterday around this as well it's the thing i'm most frustrated about is just it's 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 another game where we we could have got something there's been so many of them of late where we could have got something against in games which, you know, if you get something, these games could really make a difference. You know, you talk about, you know, our season's not going to be defined by points against Borough, points against Luton, points against um, uh, Huddersfield, who are pushing at the other end of the table. But we've had chances where we can get points against them. Hull yesterday got a win against Bournemouth. You know, you do have to pick up some unexpected points along the way, um, especially when you're, when, when you're fighting for your lives like like we are. And it's just another game where we've conceded for fun you know defensively being been being dismal yes like we didn't concede too many in the second half but that's more because Huddersfield like like we've said sat back and that's speaking to a couple of um town fans after the game that it seems to be kind of what they do under Korban it's been a big frustration for them they just sit back and then often invite pressure and invite a goal but it's 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 like how how many more games like this are we gonna are we gonna have where we can get points and it's just like when you're not sneaking over these you know it was it was um uh clement used to say it all the time didn't he it was a goal uh, or a game of game of inches you know which, which that that has been the case over the last few weeks where it, it's just swung the wrong way for us but when it keeps swinging the wrong way, way for you, when can you see that run changing? You know, and we've got some, still got some tough games coming up, you know, QPR next week. Can you see us getting a result there? You know, it would have been the same going to Borough. You wouldn't have thought we'd get a point against Borough. You wouldn't have thought we'd get get a point today because it's just who we're playing. But we've been very close to and we've not yeah. been able to push over the line.
0: Yeah, like uh, other people have highlighted, like Fe- February is like the key little period in terms of like there's a few games coming up and stuff like that. And even Pan has highlighted that January is going to be hard but like, I, I was thinking about this before the game and I think so even more now, like this team so desperately needs like the result equivalent of a goal just going in off somebody's knee or somebody's ass or something. You know what I mean? We just need to like find some way to win a game. By hook just, or by crook. By hook or by crook. <laughs> and then like, I'm not saying, like if we'd have won yesterday, that doesn't fix all our issues, but it does just like the pressure notches down a little bit. Confidence fills up a little bit because like, no matter what anybody wants, like existing managers, especially, but even if a new manager comes in, like you can't just like click your fingers and say, play confidently boys, like this stuff has to build, right? And defensive resolve has to build and like, um, you know, clean sheets and wins or keeping yeah. scores down is what like, gets you to the point where you start looking good again, defensively. Um, and this this team just desperately needs to get a, a, a win um, like you say, by hook or by crook. Um, and we could see a, a different a different version of this team. And hopefully, with the guys coming back, Lucas Shaw back for 90 minutes, we haven't really talked about it too much. I won't talk about it too much. But look, remarkably sharp after being out for so long. Unbelievably sharp. And if that's the Lucas Shaw that we can hopefully see for the rest of the season, huge confidence boost. Massive.
2: Yeah, we um, definitely going to, as I said, right at the very start of the podcast, going to rely on Lukashow and I think if there's one player in this side who's going to be the determining factor as to whether Reading stay up or not, it's going to be Lukashow. We don't have a midweek game this week for the first time in what feels like forever um, and I guess a lot of Reading fans will probably be quite grateful for that fact um, given that we're on a run of five defeats now. We do have a game next weekend against QPR. I think Reading sold something like 2,500 tickets already which is fantastic support so you know, great job if you're going down to QPR because um, following them after so many, you know, gut wrenching losses is uh, not always that easy. So, you know, seeing how if you are down there. Um, we will be back next week during the week with a preview of the QPR game uh, coming up. Thank you to Matt and Jordan for joining me this morning. And we will speak to you all very soon. Cheers.